Rush and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh. You can call me Tom. Uh, I got uh, We got a pretty cool episode for you this week. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, none other than Garbage Andy, a.k.a. Trash Andrew. Um, he is a Twitch streamer who likes to do a lot of magic stuff, and he's recently gotten into uh, Flesh and Blood, so I, I reached out to him, see if he wanted to get on uh, in on the podcast and he said absolutely so we're gonna have him but I wanted to record um, a little bit uh, ahead of time because uh, we're on a tight schedule today I'm going away tomorrow and I, I want to make sure everybody uh, gets the content up in the the the, the perfect amount of time um, so but uh, um, first we're gonna do a crack a pack then I want to talk a little bit about chain getting banned then we'll get into uh, you know uh, Andy Andy joining us and then uh and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun, but let's get this Cracker Pack going. I don't have my Tales of Arius stuff yet. It, I got the um, the notification that my uh, boxes are shipped, so they'll be coming this weekend, so I'll have them for next week, which is awesome. I'm really excited. Uh, something to mention about that, I am doing a content creator uh, uh, tournament, sealed tournament around it. it's called i think called creators of aria i posted it on twitter you can follow me on twitter uh twitter.com slash fresh buds pod at fresh buds pod um and uh yeah we're gonna i think there's there's a decent amount of us like 20 or 30 i think and uh we're gonna all crack open six packs of tales of aria and get get into it and uh um film our um our matches and post them up on uh youtube and stuff so you can you can find that on um, my YouTube as well. You just search Fresh and Buds. I, I post all the audio uh, of the shows, and I'll be posting that as well. Um, but yeah, pretty exciting. But today for the Crack a Pack, I'll be doing uh, Welcome to Wraith. Welcome to Wrath. I think it's Wraith, the E at the end. I, I you know I've heard I've heard people say it both ways. Um, so I'm gonna go with Wraith. I think it sounds cooler, and uh, hopefully that's just right. Um, we're going to go through, uh, the picks, uh, imagine we're, we're doing uh, a little bit of limited or, or, or something, but, uh, we're also looking for some pretty awesome, uh, um, majestics or legendaries, which would be even cooler. So, or maybe a fabled, what? That sounds amazing. So let's, uh, let's get into the crack pack here. Get that nice sound going. So it sounds very nice. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, first out of the pack, uh, we have Scar for a Scar Blue. Um, when you play Scar for a Scar, if you have less life than your than an opposing hero, it gains go again. Uh, the blue attacks for two, has two defense. I mean, you know, zero costed thing, no go again. Or it has go again if uh, less than uh, the opposing hero. This is probably fine for limited uh blue razor reflex i know the red razor re reflex sees a lot of play uh and it it's cost one uh target sword or dagger weapon attack gains plus one attack uh tar or or target attack action card with one or less gains plus one and if this hits this attack gains go again 
Obviously, I think the red one is, is where you want to be, but unlimited, I think Razor Reflex is still great. This is an attack reaction. It's got two defense, so. Uh, next, we got red, Scour the Battlescape. It's a zero-cost generic action, three attack, two defense. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your deck. If you do, draw a card. If Scour the Battlescape is played from Arsenal, games go again. I, this, this is pretty awesome. It gives you that, that kind of sink below um, effect on a card. Um, you, you want to play from the arsenal um, to get full value. Uh, next, we got Pummel. This is a this is a solid card, actually. You know, and I'll be talking about it a little bit. I've been building Levia, Levia, and I think I like Pummel in the in the sideboard for the um, the aggro matchups. Um, haven't put it in there yet, but the testing is still going on. Uh, yeah, Pummel is a attack reaction, cost two, this is yellow, um, choose one, target club or hammer weapon attack gains plus three, or, uh, target attack action card with cost two or greater gains plus three, and if this hits here, hits a hero, they discard a card, I, I like that a lot, um, we're gonna go, we're gonna put the, um, the, the rares on the bottom so I don't see them. I just like the uh, the anticipation. Uh, next, we have Crush Confidence. This is a Guardian action. Uh, this is yellow. Cost three. Has six attack, three defense. It has Crush. If it deals four or more damage to a hero, they lose all hero card effects and activated abilities until the end of their next turn. Crush is a very powerful mechanic. Uh, next, we got Savage Swing. This is the blue one. Cost one. As additional costs to play Savage Swing, discard a card at random. Uh, hits for five and has three attack. Uh, this is really good in the Brute decks. This is exactly what you want to be doing. Uh, you probably want the red or the yellow, though. Next is we got Stonewall Confidence, which is... Uh, I have the yellow one here. Uh, cost two. It's a Guardian Action Aura. Defense for three. Uh, it's got this guy that looks like... Um, I think uh, Balin or Dwalin, one of the, one of the one of the dwarves from uh, the Hobbit. Uh, the art looks just like him. It has go again. Uh, cards you control with cards you control with cost three or greater gain plus three defense while defending, and then you destroy it at the beginning of your uh, action phase. Nice defensive cards, kind of what Guardian wants to do. Uh, next we got Iron Song. Response is a warrior attack reaction. Cost zeros is the blue one. Has three defense. Reprise. If the defending hero has defended with a card from their hand, this chain link target weapon gains plus one. Uh, I don't know if the blue one's where you want to be, but I, I definitely think the the red one is 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 um pretty good. But I think it's fine. A good reaction in uh in limited. Uh, next we got open the center. Which is, uh, this is the yellow one, cost two, four attack, three defense, has combo, this is a ninja action. If head jab was the last attack this combat chain, open the center, gains plus one attack, go again and dominate. Uh, yeah, if you're comboing off, this is, this is a pretty solid card, so, uh, I don't, I, I don't know how often you get the, uh, the combo pieces in limited, but if you're getting there, it seems pretty solid. Um, next we have, um, Driving Blade, which is a warrior action. Uh, cost two, this is the red one. Has three defense. Your next weapon attack this turn gains three. And go again. Go again. Uh, yeah, Warrior. Dorinthia likes to to, um, to really amp up their weapon and, and get in there. So 
seems like a pretty important piece. Uh, Whelming Gust Wave, the blue one, cost zero. Ninja action. One attack, three defense. If it has combo, if Surging Strike was the last attack, this combat chain gains plus one go again. If this hits, draw a card. Uh, I don't like the blue one as much. Only coming in for two. But, you know, I think Ninja does like a lot of that chip damage. But, you know, you're going to need that. The, uh, the, um, uh, the combo pieces for this to really be worth it. Uh, next, uh, we have our equipment, which is ninja equipment, arms, breaking scales, has one defense, has battle worn, has an attack reaction, uh, destroy it, target attack action with combo gains plus one. Pretty good for the ninja deck. Uh, next we have barraging beatdown, blue. This is a zero costed brute action. It's three defense. Your next brute attack this turn gains while this attack is defended by less than two non-equipment cards. It has plus two defense. And it has intimidate. And go again. Um, yeah, it seems pretty good. It's pretty good in the brute deck. Uh, it, it definitely puts the pressure on the opponent. <clears throat> I like that card quite a bit. And next, uh, we have another rare, uh, Blessing of Deliverance. This is uh, the blue Blessing of Deliverance, cost two. It's a three defense guardian action aura. Let's go again. When it enters the arena, if you have a card with cost three or greater in your pitch zone, draw a card. At the beginning of your action phase, destroy Blessing of Deliverance, then reveal the top card of your deck, gain one life for each card with cost three or greater. Uh, revealed this way. Um, so you only you only reveal one, so you can only gain up to one, right? It's interesting. Seems like a fine card. Oh, and then we got a foil flock of the Featherwalkers, yellow. Um, and uh, as additional cost to play, flock of the Featherwalkers, reveal card from your hand with cost one or less. Create a quicken token. Uh, the yellow ones, I think the red one is, is the more played one, but the uh, the foil flock is, is pretty dope. Has four attack, two defense. Um, where I'm at on this this pack, I'd probably pick... I think I like the Barraging Beatdown. I think that's a very powerful card. Um, definitely sound off in the uh, in, on Twitter and the comments uh, what you would take. I'm going to take a picture of this, and, and we'll see uh, how, how the people think. But yeah, just the crack pack and uh, th those rares and uh, foil will be going into the pile for the uh, giveaway, which I just did one. Uh, I have to send that out still. It's going international. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, before before we have Andy on, I, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Chain. Chain got a big, big ban. Um and uh, it's been all the buzz. It seemed to have come out of nowhere. Um, personally, I built Chain because it, it was the best deck. And I did like playing it. It res resonated the most with me. However, I, I understand why uh, the ban uh, that happened happened. Uh, they banned Seize of Agony. Which, if you don't know what Seize of Agony is, is a zero-costed uh, non-attack action. And Chain played the red, yellow, and blue version of this. That's how good it is. Um so the red uh, said you can play it from your band zone. It has blood debt. <clears throat> um, you can play it from your band zone. Uh, your next 
uh, attack action would cost two or less, um, deals one arcane damage, and then it has, and then uh, seeds has go again. So basically, what what seeds allowed um, chain to do is really go off from their banish zone, like a bunch of different things. Activates the nebula blade. Um, it, it allows for you know like rift bind to get really big. It allows for the bounding demagon to to be able to be ca uh, cast from from the the grave or not the graveyard the banish zone. So I understand, and you know it certainly has weakened chain. And now there's talk that that chain's still powerful. I mean, I think I, I saw a, a Twitter thread today that, you know, someone was claiming that it's more powerful now without the seeds, though I don't believe that at all. Um, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to see that happen first. I'm a non-believer. I'll say it. You know, I, I but I, I could be totally wrong. I mean, maybe maybe we were so focused on on jamming those seeds that we we never really got to see uh, the full potential of chain, which is a... Um, a uh, a point that I had made on on Twitter is like maybe the new chain is going to be something so much more different than than any sort of chain we had ever seen because we were so focused on that you know the the cards from the banished zone getting like you know comboing off that we never really saw the full potential now chain chain's hero ability is very powerful it you know putting cards into your banished zone with the soul shackle tokens is a very strong effect. It is, uh, it basically gives you extra cards in hand every turn because, you know, a lot of these blood deck cards, um, uh, are playable from there. So I, I'll be interested to see, um, what the next optimal build of chain is. And I will probably, um, build that. I mean, I have most of the chain deck already, so I'll, I'll kind of, uh, move into that, <clears throat> but I did, um, you know, start building Livia cause I, I, you know, I have the, um, I have the carrion husk for chain. So I was like, oh, you know what? Instead of like really going in all in on some new equipment, let's see what Livia does for me. And I've been testing with her quite a bit and she's a lot of fun. And I, I kind of like the brute style of playing. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, um, in the meta coming up. I mean, we, we, we have some limited, uh, callings before we have anything huge, for uh classic constructed but it is interesting and oh another thing i almost forgot dustblade was preemptively banned from tales of aria dustblade is kind of like the uh the opposite version of dawnblade obviously it's a runeblade weapon and i under i it seemed like honestly it was just a misstep they said it was a misstep they should have never printed that card um it it is it's very powerful and i think some people aren't really seeing how powerful it is it's like, uh, um, let me just bring it up so I can, I don't want to, um, uh, say anything wrong about it, but yeah, so it is a, um, uh, two handed weapon, rune blade two attack has a one costed attack once per turn. When you attack with dust blade, if you played an attack action card and a non attack action card this turn. Put a one plus one counter on Dustblade. At the beginning of your end phase, if you haven't played an attack action and a non-attack action card this turn, remove all um, plus one counters from Dustblade. It does not, honestly, it does not ask a whole lot um, for, for you to put those counters on. You could 
in Runeblade, you can easily put on a counter a turn, and soon that's that thing's attacking for like crazy amounts of damage. So I get it. Maybe I, I think maybe they should have said on on the card at the beginning of your end phase if you haven't played an attack action card and a non-attack action card and attacked with Dustblade. I think it should have required for it to attack because like even if you look at um, Dawnblade. The other side of it, um, it requires you to hit with Dawnblade. So that is something in, in the complete control of your opponent a lot of the times. Like they can choose to make sure Dawnblade doesn't hit. They can be go, go really defensive on, uh, on that turn. And um, they can, um, and yeah, pretty much, yes. That puts it into the hands of the opponent on and then for Dustblade, it's all on your um, turn, right? Like, you have to play out your deck in a way that keep building the counters, and you can build your deck that way. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good move. Uh, it's, it's a shame for the people who are going to open up that card, and it's going to be banned, but uh, that that's not to say that it won't be unbanned down the road. And, um, you know, still legal in Blitz. So, but... Uh, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, but uh, I'm I'm gonna have Andy on in a second here. You probably won't even know um, anything happened, but uh, yeah. All right, I'm back with uh, like I said, garbage Andy, trash Andrew. How do you how do you like to go by? Either one, you know. You can just call me Andy if you want, but uh, either any variant of garbage works for me. Cool, cool. All right, Andy. Well, um, thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, I just wanted to, you know, I mean, I, I had saw on Twitter that you, you started getting into, um, the flesh and blood and I, you know, I added you and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that we both, uh, are really enjoying the game. Oh yeah. Big it's, time. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. But I figure I'd start with asking a little bit about yourself. First of all, um, you know, uh, who, who is garbage Andy? You know, I, you're on, you're on Twitch. You, 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 you know, you're obviously uh, an online personality yeah um so i am primarily a twitch streamer i uh, stream magic the gathering uh semi full-time i work full-time but i'm able to try and you know make the most of it because of my uh work from home schedule i uh, i'm a professional video editor in new york so i work on advertisements and then when i have free time usually after my day i will uh I will uh, stream some magic, um, and I'm not really a card game guy. Like you know, I, I I grew up playing Pokemon. I grew up collecting magic when I was a kid, early 2000s, late 90s. Took several breaks from magic, um, but I'm not really like a, a Hearthstone person, Storybook Brawl. Like I'm just not really a TCG person. So Flesh and Blood has really grabbed me more than like any other card game has ever grabbed me, other than Magic. And uh, it's it's exciting for me because um, I just I've never been so into and in love with a game this quickly, uh, especially a card game. So it's 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 awesome. It, it kind of everything sort of snowballed. Like I have several friends that are getting into the game right now. Obviously, a lot of hype and press about it as well with all the callings going on. And, uh, I, you know, I just kind of got into it. And then once it clicked, the obsession hit, you know. I don't know yeah. if you can relate to that, but like there, there was a moment where I was sifting through cards, building some decks, and I was just like, oh, "Okay, now I'm in. I'm in now." 
Oh uh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I, I come, I, I'm like you, I come from the Magic the Gathering side of things. I mean, I'm, I still play a lot of Magic, play a lot of Arena. Um, you know, when I have time with work, I like to, you know, do some, you know, some drafts, some in-person stuff. Obviously, you know, the past uh, two years have been made that a little difficult, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I felt the same way when I, when I started seeing, I, had, I remember when they had announced Flesh and Blood, um, and I was, you know, I, I was so busy with other stuff that I, you know, I saw, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're announcing a new TCG. And then, and then when I saw the callings, actually, I think when I saw the um, announcement for pro play and stuff like that, and I know that Magic had really stepped away from that, right? Wizards of the Coast really stepped away from pro play on a on a large scale. So that was kind of exciting. So I was like, I'll check this game out. And I felt the same way as you. I I picked it up. I was like, wow, this game is awesome. Uh, it has a lot of depth. It has, you know, it, it's very challenging. And uh, yeah, I mean, so so you come from Magic, but you, you say you don't do a lot of other TCGs. What are some some games that outside of Magic and Flesh and Blood that you know that you've you've played over the years? That's a good question. I used to um, I used to actually be a variety streamer before I started like uh, kind of main gaming Magic, which I've been doing since last October. So mm-hmm. October 2020 was when I really started getting to magic. I have a bunch of friends that are in that community and streamers that I met through them and got very involved in the community. It was kind of like when I got back into magic was through arena because, um, you know, I had taken several breaks in the early 2000s up until around 2015 when I did my first drafts at an LGS at FNM and pre-release. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, took a break around 2016 after Kaladesh uh, up until the pandemic happened um but like i said i used to be a variety streamer and i'm into a bunch of other stuff i like if i'm not playing magic i i love uh shooters but i don't play i guess i don't really play the super popular ones like i'm not really a Warzone guy or like a, a an apex guy though i do like and respect both of those games i'm i'm more into like um i don't know i played a lot of PUBG, um a lot of csgo i like valorant a lot i like um splitgate i've been playing a good amount of um but i also i don't know i'm into a whole bunch of different things i used to actually run a podcast myself uh that was about gaming and it was kind of a general gaming podcast not specifically to one game and we would often survey a whole bunch of different things and and play those so i'm used to kind of playing a whole different array of things um, and a lot of Nintendo stuff. Like, obviously, during the pandemic, the Switch was pretty great. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got to play a bunch of Animal Crossing early on. and then As did I. As did I. <laughs> yeah, as, as did the world. And, uh, and yeah, stuff like that. But I, I don't play a ton of Magic outside of stream either. Like, it's really kind of like my digital world. Um, and I guess that's a good, like, segue into why I'm enjoying Flesh and Blood so much, too, is, like, so magic for me has become very much a digital game yeah um it, like it's it's and i think they're heading that way personally like I, I think you know they're recognizing the money to be had in how much they're making off of gems on arena and they're you know putting out sets like historic horizons which are you know basically adding digital only mechanics and cards which is something i'm personally not a big fan of but i understand yeah um, I, I i'm actually on the same page with you there yeah, so like you know, we have we have magic kind of going the Hearthstoneification route, in my opinion, where we've got you know more digital stuff, and I still love and enjoy magic. I've been drafting uh, so much. I'm I'm primarily a limited player. I don't play a lot of constructed magic at all. 
um so i draft all the time on stream but um yeah so they're going digital i've been streaming that i don't play it offline um me and my brother grew up playing magic together so there's this connection that we've always had of table kitchen table magic and hanging out and playing both used to play ma uh modern together and now when we get together um the biggest thing in uh, like you know me and my brother have gotten to do together has been flesh and blood and it's nice. reminded me so much of the early days of when i like first started getting into magic we built decks and we would sit down at the table and get excited about building things it's just kind of that but all over again for flesh and blood yeah and it, it is it is exciting right because it, it's it's new and, and obviously you know something new and that's that's why like magic whenever there's a new set people get excited but like you know this this whole new game this whole new like set of mechanics and and it really it is a professionally made game like a lot of great intent uh is is gone into the design of flesh and blood and you know everything from the aesthetic of it to to the to the gameplay is is absolutely so impressive for a relatively independent studio uh legend story they're doing a great job and i mean it seems to me like it's only growing and oh, yeah. uh yeah i mean i i'm a lot like you i i only do limited on magic and and you know i'll i'll, I'll mess around with some constructed uh here and there but uh i don't really have the um does the desire to uh do constructed in magic like i do for uh flesh and blood i i think maybe because um magic is such a digital game at this point like you said that people are just jamming games to like the nth degree when when something comes out it seems like formats are figured out in in a matter of you know hours sometimes yeah uh, absolutely. i don't know if you feel the same way and um where flesh and blood you're 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 limited to you know the amount of physical games you could play and that it feels like old school magic right sometimes yeah. the, the meta adjusts at a much slower rate and it's pretty cool and 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 um yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that you feel all all these ways so um speaking of flesh and blood in general what kind of heroes are are speaking to you in general what kind of strategies do you like um when, when you're building these decks checking them out all right so I, I don't know how you feel about ranger but ranger is my favorite <laughs> i mean I like Ranger. I like Ranger, but it's very I, I, difficult. I love Azalea so much. And, like, what, what's funny about it is, one, I know she's not very strong. Mm -hmm. And, two, it's really been interesting for me as a limited player and a player that doesn't typically like to do it this way. But with Azalea, I have really enjoyed the challenge of making this deck good. And I started with a blitz deck. I don't have I don't have a, a CC deck built. I'm I'm really I've only gotten into the game like you know a, a month or so ago to be honest. But I've gotten full, I'm I'm full in. You know, like when I, when I'm into Magic, you know, I've been doing this since for 20 years with Magic. You know, mm -hmm. so when I get into a TCG, a new game, I'm I'm in. You know, so I'm already I'm already deep, um, building a bunch of decks and testing a bunch of things. But with Azalea, what's been interesting for me is like I love the gameplay of Ranger. I love being able to like you know put arrows in your arsenal and dominate with these big attacks and have like a bunch of different gameplay lines that make decision making really interesting um so i've just been spending a ton of time optimizing trying new builds and and my brother and i have been really playing and play testing together as well as a few different friends of mine on discord um 
yeah i'm i'm just obsessed with the with the gameplay of ranger i've played several other heroes i've played all the blitz decks uh from monarch um which i like i mean you know it's everyone rest in peace but chain was super fun yeah definitely um, and uh prism's cool but not necessarily like my favorite play style i do have a bunch of uh i have like phantasmal footsteps and her her weapon that i want to build so i i kind of want to build prism at some point but i'm not super into her right now but yeah so i i have um i have both uh azalea and lexi built right now i opened uh, a case of first edition tales of aria uh, the first video of which is on my YouTube channel, but I haven't. I'm editing currently the the last three that are going to go out in the next like week or so. Very nice. Um, and the set's out tomorrow officially, which is cool. So everyone's going to be cracking their boxes. But I've opened a case, and uh, I'm really kind of just building. I've built Lexi, but I'm going to build each of the new heroes using cards only, almost like a sealed, but kind of like a set constructed. Uh, format where i'm building each of them with only cards from the new set to get really familiar with them um and and lexi's been a blast so far and she's she's pretty different than azalea like she it's a very different it's a lot um there's you know a couple ways you can build lexi obviously with the lightning and the ice uh additions as elemental mm -hmm. so um i built lightning lexi uh today actually and i and i've been jamming and testing this deck out and i really really like it so I'm probably gonna lean more into that just because yeah, I like Ranger a lot. But what about you? What do you what do you like to play? Well, I did I did build chain <laughs> and I talked to I did I recorded the intro to this prior to us hopping on the, the, the call and I had talked about the chain banning uh seeds seeds of agony. Um I did really like chain. I think when when I when I started playing Flesh and Blood, I bought all the blitz decks from Monarch mm -hmm. and you know, I messed around with all of them. And chain spoke to me the most. Probably because I'm a magic player. I mean, I mean, I'm, I I realized the value of like dredge decks. I was like, this seems awesome. So I built yeah. that deck, and and obviously the band's gonna hurt it quite a bit. Uh, though I, I I mean I am hearing that that maybe there are some builds that are still gonna be pretty powerful. And I, I said this at the top of the show, but um, you know his his hero effect is absolutely bonkers. I, I think that there are, people will find a way to make him still good. Uh, yeah. but when I saw that banning, I actually was like, Oh, you know what? I was, I was like upset for like 30 seconds. And then I was like, all right, well, what's next? And you know, I'm looking, I'm sitting here, I'm looking down at my carrion husk and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to build Levia. I kind of like the brute style play. Um, and, uh, another podcast uh, that does uh flesh and blood stuff is, uh, the attack action podcast, which I had, um, Taylor from that podcast on, on the show. And, um, their other um, co-host Isaac had played Levia at um, Vegas, which I thought was a, a bold move, and I think he ended up going four and three on day one. You know, not nice. ideal, but I was like, I mean, that seems pretty dope, and we'll see. You know, obviously he was playing against a lot of chains in the in the end at the top tables there, so um, uh, I think that maybe Levia has some some room to grow. It does present, I think, a lot like Ranger, a lot of interesting decisions. Um, uh, and I like that. And I think it, it, it pre presents, um, interesting decisions for the, uh, the opponent, uh, when, when they're defending. And, uh, I, I like that because, um, I, nothing I, I like more it is, um, you know, challenging my opponent to make the right decision. Um, right. you know, it's it, like the old, um, the old magic, the gathering adage that, uh, math is for blockers. So, yeah. 
Um, I, I, I definitely like that style of play, but, um, yeah, but you know, to your point about Ranger, Ranger's really interesting. And, and actually Isaac from that same podcast, he, he actually top eight at a road to nationals with, with, uh, Azalea. And I guess That's he's, awesome. he's kind of, I guess maybe in, oh, he, they're out in, um, Northern California. I guess he's the resident, um, Ranger player out there, but, um, which is, is, is really interesting. I know that th- I think with Ranger and I think with Lexi especially, I think it's only a matter of time before um, someone figures out um, how these decks really need to work and and the correct strategy because I the power is really there, and uh, mm-hmm. so it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, it, it's it's uh, I like to hear that that you like Azalea. I think Azalea is pretty awesome too. I especially like Azalea since I opened a uh, what's the uh, legendary uh, helmet. Um, oh, uh, cross- I have it right here. Yeah, uh, Skullbone and Crosswrap. Yeah, since I opened that, I'm like, I, I really like Azalea, and I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope that that card goes up in value. But it's a fantastic card. It's it, so good. It really is. It's like actually one of my favorite arts in the uh, in in the game. I think it's just yeah, same. So badass. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, so I guess um, one uh, final question for you before we get to the main topic is. What, what do you what would you say the um the future of flesh and blood is for you oh another great question um so like i mentioned i'm mostly a streamer uh and and i stream on twitch and i think it's very interesting when it comes to paper tcgs it's really hard to digest games like this and i still think we haven't really cracked the code with like how um how to broadcast and how to um show live gameplay with card games Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, growing up, I used to watch Pro Tour coverage and, you know, you know, classic videos of LSV and Marshall Sutcliffe commentating and and just like, you know, magic gameplay and and uh, coverage was always fascinating to me, even though, um, you know, I didn't always know what was going on, which is part of the trouble with it, I think. Um, but I think. Uh, something that i've been really enjoying and excited about has been making youtube content for it i think a lot of folks are looking to learn about this game learn how to play learn what it's about you know just kind of anything there people are just and myself included this is why i've started to make content is because i there's a need for it Mm -hmm. right there's there's not a lot of flesh and blood content out there and there's not a lot of um you know there's not a ton of people really showing how much uh, this game has to offer so i've been loving making youtube content i made my you know quick start guide which um is uh, under 10 minutes or it's 10 minutes long teaches you how to play the game and kind of the overview of the game and i think that's like you know i made that basically for my friends in my community because i started talking about this game and I'm, I'm streaming magic and i'm like guys i'm really into this new thing and they're like yeah i don't really get it and i'm like all right well hold <laughs> hold on <laughs> and i spent a couple days and i edited this video so you know hopefully that can get more people into it as well um but for me yeah i mean you know making more content i'm excited to to continue producing content for flesh and blood playing it you know i've never been a huge competitive player i uh i love limited i think limited is great because it always feels fair it always feels or to the most part you know yeah. draft draft at least in in my opinion is usually the most fair uh format um, absolutely because you know everyone's on an even playing field there's an interesting level of skill involved when you're having to make decisions and read a table i just think it's a very interesting and fun uh format so 
Um, I would love to participate in more things like that. But overall, I'm not the hugest competitive player. Um, I do like to build decks and advocate for people playing the game. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be trying out here to, you know, road to nationals or anything like that. Um, even though I do have some friends who are definitely already uh, headed to nationals. <laughs> nice. And a potential teammates, you know, to test decks with and stuff eventually. But personally, for me, I'm like, you know, I'm, the, I'm a content creator first. I, I like, you know, making people laugh, have a good time. And, uh, and, and, you know, making people see uh, how much I love the game and hopefully they can get into it. So that's, that's my priority for it. And just, uh, you know, kind of I, I'm, the, the biggest appeal or one of the biggest appeals for me right now is just how new the game is, how much uh, of a need for content like this podcast and like, you know, videos online there are. Mm -hmm. I think it's exciting to be on the ground floor. You know, it's been out for, for you know, almost two, two years now. Yeah, almost um, two years. And, and and so like you know there's obviously five sets or whatever that are out now but it still feels very new and um the beauty of each class uh getting new cards per set is, is kind of great too so you always feel like you're you can stay on top of things for your decks and what you're excited about so yeah that's uh that's kind of what's what what i'm going to be doing with the game cool cool well i do like the the point that you said about um like even even um uh, watching uh, like gameplay of a of a paper game, right? You know, and, and you mentioned uh, LSV and Marshall Sutcliffe. I myself am a huge uh, limited resources fan. It's one of my favorite podcasts uh, for Magic content. And you know, those guys. There's nobody. I mean, Marshall Sutcliffe is one of the greatest um, commentators, uh, maybe ever. Um, yeah. For for something like that, I mean, he's he's got he's got a voice for radio, and he he um, is. Uh, does a great job of laying things out. And that's not always the case with a lot of other uh, creators. And, you know, I think it takes some practice, but I, I think that you're right that there is a need for content. And, you know, part of the reason I, I started this podcast myself, I was like, you know what, I want to talk about this game. You know, I, I a lot of my magic friends, uh, you know, I, I don't get to see them as much. So I don't get to, you know, like get the, that like, um, that like fix of flesh and blood that I've, this game I've fallen in love with. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking about it and if I create a community, I'm going to get that fix. And, and that's my goal personally. And it sounds like it's a lot of yours as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think uh, the, having the, the amount of content um, being put out um, in the future, sounds like a, a positive thing for the game. And, and cause, cause as more people, um, discover it and and want to play it they're going to be like they're going to be searching for stuff they're going to be like oh you know i want to learn more about it and you know it, if if there's something there that's uh that that's only good and, and 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 the more the merrier honestly so uh yeah it's very exciting um but um but yeah man so i wanted to get to our main topic so you said that you're not as much of a competitive player and right um and one of the biggest things that people have said about Flesh and Blood is, um, what, what's the casual format? What's the what's the EDH? What's the commander that's going to keep this game alive? And you know that's one thing that you know outside of Arena for Magic is Commander keeps um, Paper Magic being bought in a way, mm -hmm. especially over the past two years because people were playing a lot. Of, people play a lot of Commander, understandably so. It's not really my jam, but. I can see how it can be. So, yeah. um, you know, so obviously the uh, the casual formats currently 
um, in Flesh and Blood, um, I would say, is Blitz to a certain extent. Obviously, there's some more competitive Blitz playing going on. And for the, for the listener home doesn't know what Blitz is, uh, every hero has a young version of themselves. Uh, it has 20 health, same, same amount of intellect, so you're still drawing the same amount of cards, but 20 health, and then you play a 40-card deck, and um, instead of being able to play three of each copy, you get to play two. Um, so it sounds like you play a lot of Blitz at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. And do you um, find that that is um, an optimal way to play, uh, or, or you're just you're waiting to get into the, uh, the classic instructed side of things? Well, so for me, it's, it's, uh, there's a few reasons why I'm really into Blitz. First, I think that it's a great way to get into the game. I recommend players who are new to just you know pick up a Blitz deck. You, there's pre- pre-cons. Mm-hmm. You can get the ones from Monarch and now the, the ones from Tales of Aria, uh, which uh, are affordable. And they're just a great way to learn how to play the game. And they're pre-con built, so you don't really have to worry about deck building. And you get a feel for it. Um, and another reason for me personally is I just don't have a ton of time. Um, I, I, I work full-time as an editor. I create content on the side. And when I sit down to play Flesh and Blood with my brother or friends on Discord... I don't really have a ton of time to play a really long-winded uh, classic constructed game. And certain decks obviously can go faster than others. And, you know, if my friend's playing Control, I might be like, hey, you know, I don't want to sit through a 40-minute game <laughs> while you're waiting to kill me with your, you know, Peklo pistol or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I get that, you know, classic constructed isn't necessarily always a long commitment. But for me, Blitz is very fun because as, like, a, a Magic player in general... When it comes to constructed, I generally prefer playing aggro decks and like faster formats. I like to be able to jam through a couple different games and have fun doing those sorts of strategies. Um, uh, another reason why I love Flesh and Blood is because it's very combat oriented. And uh, for Magic, I'm not really big into control, counter spells, things like that. I just find that sort of stuff unfun to play against. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with it. It's been the game for ages. I think, you know, obviously there's a place for it. But for me personally, I, I like. You know, hey, I'm going to combat with a dominated, you know, 12 attack arrow as opposed to like I'm, I'm passing the turn and then, you know, I'm saying no on your turn. So I, I, I really enjoy Blitz because it's something that I can sit down, do jam a couple games and be done when I have my free time and feel like I, I had fun. Uh, and the games are usually pretty close, depending if you're playing, you know, I mean, I got my butt kicked by Kano. My friend has a really, really good Kano deck and I was playing Azalea and it was just like, Okay, uh, <laughs> I die on my own turn for, you know, a Blazing Aether hitting me for freaking 20 damage, and I'm like, all right, I guess I just lose. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, so they're, they're, uh, the fly too close to the sun strategy, uh, Kano. <laughs> it's hard. It's a very hard deck to play against, especially when I don't have, like, a, an Arcanite Skullcap or something to I, I, to block a heavy amount of arcane damage every turn. So, um, yeah, I mean, tangent, but uh, I, I love Blitz because it, it works for me, my schedule, my time, and I think it's a great, like, you know, jumping in point for people. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I had started with the Blitz decks as, uh, myself, and I, I found that the best, uh, to be the best way. I mean, it got me hooked, and um, uh, it was the best way for me to introduce uh, friends of mine to the game. And, uh, yeah, I, like you said, really quick, easy. Yeah, the classic constructed games could go quite long. Um, uh, you know, especially when you don't have time, you don't, you don't want to be doing that as much, um, <laughs> which right. I understand. Um, 
And yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I, I do think it actually is, it fills a pretty n- nice role for the casual player in flesh and blood. And uh, I think it, I think it um, is, is great for beginners and, and uh, people just trying to jam games alike. Uh, I think the only weak point of, of uh, Blitz as a casual format is uh, I think uh, the um, what's the word something something that Commander does really well in Magic is it doesn't uh, allow for a lot of um, uh, I guess imaginative deck building if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know you know there's like the the Timmies of the world aren't aren't um, really gonna go go crazy for um blitz like they would an edh deck and i and now that, that brings us to the other casual format that uh is officially a format for flesh and blood is ultimate pit fight do you know anything about ultimate pit fight i i know about it i have not played any ultimate pit fight but um i think it's intriguing and potentially you know might fill the niche for edh players trying to kind of learn and cross over yeah, yeah, I think I think it is close. I think is I think it is specifically what they're trying to do with it. Uh, you know, multiplayer format. Um, I don't um, I don't love. There's one specific rule where you have to either you can only um, attack players to your left or right on the table. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, necessary for the game. Maybe it's it's a flavor thing. It's like you know, this is a this is a pit fight. Why would you you know fight someone far away from you? I don't know, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a uh, kind of the the closest thing to uh, a, a commander um, uh, type uh, format that they have. Now, I do have some ideas, and I want to run them by you. Sure. Um, so you know, f- with these blitz decks, you get your um, like the tokens of of the heroes, and in, in the packs have a young version and a and your regular old. Uh, classic constructive version now i think if they wanted to create a a like a specific multiplayer casual format i think they i think it would not be that hard to create elder versions of these heroes if that makes sense and and one way they could do that you know um is you know maybe a higher life count i don't know 40 or 50 like go up to 50 and i think uh being able to um, have a higher intellect, start with more cards in hand. Um, you know, obviously they have the intellect and health there um, for design space specifically, so that's something that they can play with. And then maybe you can um, alter the um, the hero effects to have some kind of multiplayer, um, uh, I guess, type of. Um, effect rather than just specific to like one opponent does that does that make sense yeah totally totally yeah that that, that definitely makes sense so i think I'm, that's that's interesting yeah yeah so i'm like looking at a reinar uh young hero right now and you know four four intellect 20 health so maybe maybe you look at like maybe five or six intellect 50 health or something like that and then his effect says whenever you discard a card with uh six or more uh power during your action phase intimidate so and right there, you could be like, if uh, you discard a card with six or more attack um, during action phase, intimidate to all heroes, uh, or something like that, or or um, each each you know hero has to uh, intimidate for the next each turn for, until 
whenever something like that i don't i don't know that seems like something that would um allow for um kind of some fun multiplayer stuff uh you know someone plays a uh um a a hero that has like something really annoying i mean even reinar seems kind of annoying in in that way um yeah uh that you know everybody starts targeting targeting them you know the politics get going and that that's what people really seem to love about commander mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. i said not, not i'm not the biggest fan of that i just want to play my game i don't need politics going on uh you know he's like you attack yeah. me i'll attack him kind of thing but that being said, just because it's not my bag doesn't mean it won't be a lot of other people's bags. Uh, Absolutely. Does, it, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I think that's a really interesting idea, and it's cool because there's a lot of room for design, uh, you know, innovation with this game since it's so young. Like, we're still seeing a bunch of these subclasses come out with elementals now. We have the ice and the earth and um, lightning effects. Uh, and, of course, we have shadow and light from monarch as well which is really cool so i think as the game keeps coming out we're going to see a lot more of these sorts of like subclasses and building and then eventually maybe they start to broaden their horizons on more formats i think um and this isn't to shut down your idea at all Mm -hmm. i do think a big selling point of flesh and blood is that it's hero based so i think in a lot of ways you know commander players are already incentivized to come over because I mean, I love Commander. I've played a bunch of it on my on my stream. I have a bunch of friends who are into it. I prefer uh, CEDH, like competitive, because mm-hmm. I just love the idea of playing, like, the most high-powered cards ever and just killing people on turn one. Like, I play <laughs> I play Godo CEDH, which is um, it's mono-red uh, with Helm of the Host, if you're a Magic player, and it's just infinite combo, I- infinite combat to, to kill the whole table. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> it's, and it, it can have a turn one. I've routinely won with that that deck, like you know, turn two, turn three. Um, it's very fun. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, as somebody who plays games like Overwatch as well, another a shooter but a, a PC game, um, hero-based games are popular for a reason. They bring a sense of identity. They bring a sense of you know relationship between the the player and the character. Uh, people can you know get into somebody who they relate to, or they look up to, or think is cool, or think is interesting. And so that's kind of a lot of the reason why people are into to EDH to begin with, right? You take a hero and you go, I love this card. You know, maybe some people play them because they're, you know, powerful, you know, whatever. I'm looking at you, chain players. Um, <laughs> but other people, uh, you know, might play them because they think they're flavorful or just really cool. Like, I think Azalea is badass. I love the idea of just this really cool ranger who's just, like you know roguelike and sneaking around and has these cards and she's like you know she's just a very like interesting brutal character and i like i just love the flavor of her cards and just the look of her character and so i get that enjoyment out of it as well as the gameplay of thinking it's really fun so i would say to commander players if you are looking for a reason to come over like you know being a hero based game is already a big reason enough right like absolutely pick one out you like and and just go to town build build different decks that you are interested with them and and try them out and stick with them for each set yeah actually you know that's that's a great point and i totally agree i mean it it is i mean like i've seen you know the the visceral uh like chain player reaction to that banning like you know that you know people are just like they really love their hero man and and understandably so. I mean, it, it is it is very much like EDH already, and um, I, I think it, it 
it does really bring over that kind of same kind of thing. And I and that's a nice thing, right? So if they come out with this, like if they decide to get behind something like, you know, Elder, Flesh and Blood, whatever, they make these Elder heroes, they make Elder versions of these heroes people are already in love with, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, people, you know, be like, oh my God, yeah, now I can build, I can have this classic constructed version of Reinar. And I can also have this, you know, multiplayer format of Reinar as well and like you know I'm I'm all in on Reinar you know <laughs> they put up a merch store buying Reinar uh t-shirts you know stuff like that yeah but, absolutely and and then alongside with that because they do these supplemental sets right these uh like Crucible of War was kind of like this you know not a booster draft set you know supplemental set like why not put out a supplemental set for that kind of uh, multiplayer format kind of stuff you know this is obviously probably down the road I think a lot of people are, are, are a little, um, um, I guess, uh, a little negative when it comes uh, when it comes to them saying, you know, oh, it doesn't have the multiplayer format, blah blah blah. Um, you know, I when when did uh, I don't even know the history of EDH, but how long did it take Magic to be around before we had something like EDH? You know, mm-hmm. um, it was probably, I mean, for, for, at least not until the late '90s, I would say. So you know, we have some time on on uh on on flesh and blood for for that to happen but um absolutely uh i have one more idea i thought would be kind of a of a cool thing that i want to throw at you here andy um you know what if, what if uh you know there's some kind of format right where you can it's like a tag team deck you pick two heroes and have one combined deck i don't know <laughs> where i would go with that but Right. Let's say you were like, oh, I want to do Azalea and Viscerai together. They seem like a cool tag team. And then you build some combination deck. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like a dual colored deck in a way um, for uh, like in magic ways. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's, yeah. That's a really sweet idea. I mean, it, it could, you know, you could even get more specific into it and be like, they have to share either a subclass or a class. So you play. Uh, you know lexi uh azalea combo oh yeah true you build, true you build one mutual deck and then maybe you have like a, a sideboard that you can access during the game um of cards that you can swap in and out using and and i would i would probably add attacks to everything right like so you you know two pitch points to switch your hero at any point on the, on your turn or something like that oh um, that seems pretty cool like a like yeah, a legit like, tag team yeah like a legit tag team where you're where you're switching them in and out and then that accessing that sideboard could then be like a, you know, another element of strategy added to, well, I'm going to use Azalea this turn, but next turn I want to use Lexi so I can get the, you know, benefit off her flipping her card in her arsenal. Um, you know, just having this dynamic gameplay. I mean, it would over it would overcomplicate it into oblivion and make my head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it would be, it, it's an interesting idea. Like, you, as soon as you said it, I'm like, ooh, that's cool. Like, I, I, I would be down for that. Yeah. Like, one mutual deck with like a you know a, a a second arsenal maybe or like something to access cards that can benefit you for switching in and out heroes yeah cool. I, I, like I i do like the and i like the uh tag team like um switching in and out kind of uh mechanic you'd almost have you know you have azalea out right and then you have lexi in like you know would essentially be treated like in a command zone right in, in commander yeah. and you know you're like well i don't 
really think I need Azalea for this part of the game based on how the, the game state is. I need to push out Lexi, you know, and st- stuff like that. And and obviously there's a lot of uh, cool things you can do um, with that, um, like with other classes. You know, you would have Viscerai and, and uh, Chain, which, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, two very powerful. And even Briar seems to be very powerful um, based on um, what people are saying. So, yeah. It's 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 just something. It's you know, obviously, uh, I think we're we're uh, we're a little ways away from from us really needing uh, or flesh and blood really needing these formats. But it, it, it I think it's good to 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 kind of have that um, front of mind, you know. And I, I think a lot of these casual formats tend to happen on the kitchen tables, and this these seem like you know maybe maybe people start building something like this and. And in, in, in a world where we have Discord communities and, and Twitch chats and, and Twitter, Twitter threads, um, I think, uh, you know, there could be a lot of momentum around stuff like this. And, you know, especially with people already really passionate about um, flesh and blood. But, yeah, I, yeah. That, that's just uh, kind of where I'm at with it. Absolutely, man. I think, I mean, you look at EDH, it came about because people wanted to, you know, and a ton of other magic formats came about because of people wanting to play the way they want to play. And I have no doubt that, you know, as flesh and blood continues to become more popular, people get their hands on the cards and enjoy it and, you know, start wanting to innovate with it, that other casual formats will arise formats, you know, officially sanctioned by the game will arise. That's the beauty of it. Again, being so early, such an early adapter to the game is that there's so much that can still happen with it. And I think that's really exciting. It is. It is very exciting to be. I mean, flesh and blood, just in general, you know, it's really capturing the hearts of a, of, of a lot of people, and I I don't think it's um, for no good reason. I think you know it, it is a great game, and and uh, yeah, to your point about you know hero based games, and you know people get to to really you know go all in on something they're really passionate about, and uh, uh, it's, it is exciting. But yeah, man, I. I I want to I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, you know, I know we everybody's got busy schedules right now and uh yeah, I I really appreciate it. You know, I, I enjoyed your content and I, I actually uh the first thing I saw on Twitter uh of yours was uh the intro to uh Flesh and Blood, which I watched and I thought it was like this is this is great cuz you know, a lot of the times when I don't have time to explain what Flesh and Blood is to people, I, I like to find, you know, nice simple um, you know, straightforward videos that I can send to people, like you said, with your community and your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And- Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm always happy to meet more people in the community. And it's it's pretty amazing, honestly, the the snowball of, you know, I mean, I guess it's the internet, right? It's like we're, we're all out here and like mm-hmm. eventually we connect somehow. But like, you know, it's pretty amazing how in such a short time of, you know, falling in love with this game and kind of ramping up, uh, you know, my involvement with it and the community, how many people I've met and how many people I've, you know, gotten interested in the game or have seen gotten interested in the game. And I, I just love seeing, I love seeing people's love for it. I love the love. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, you know, I can, I find myself getting a little frustrated when or initially I was a little frustrated, like when uh, the chain ban happened, people were freaking out and having these knee jerk reactions or I guess not chain seeds of agony. Yeah. And, 
And I was like, well, why are people getting so upset? And then I realized, like, well, they really care, right? I mean, I, I've seen it in Magic forever, right? These knee-jerk reactions mean that people are, like, really invested in it. And that's a good sign. I had to tell myself, this is a good sign. People care about this game. They want to see it succeed. And, you know, I understand the, the doubt sometimes. But, you know, I think it's a, I think it was a, a really good sign, you know, the, that there is a, um, a community that, you know, uh, is vocal. And, uh, and, and, and they've been enjoying content and I, they, and I agree with you, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been very welcoming and, you know, very open to, um, my, my content, uh, which, which, uh, feels great. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great community, great game. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're part of it and glad you've come on to the podcast with me. And, um, I hope that we can collaborate in the future and, uh, yeah, but, um, first of all, please plug all your socials, your Twitch channel, your YouTube channel, um, do all that so people can find you. Cool, man. All right. Uh, yeah. So you can find me at, uh, twitch.tv forward slash garbage Andy, no underscore there, but if you go to like Twitter, Instagram or TikTok, there is an underscore between the trash and the Andrew. So garbage underscore Andrew Andy. Um, I stream like four days a week usually monday tuesday wednesday lately uh i've been recording youtube videos on tuesday uh, thursdays and fridays and kind of going from there um but yeah monday tuesday wednesday is guaranteed if you want to come watch some magic drafts i might start throwing some flesh and blood content in the rotation i have uh i have some gameplay videos planned potentially for my youtube channel which you can just search garbage andy there too um and just a lot more content to come like i i'm really really uh psyched to just like get in now with this game and and just make a ton of content so like even after this podcast i'm gonna record a few more videos and start editing them to get together for the for the youtube um but thanks again for having me man i'm really glad that you asked me to come on and i'm excited to be a part of the community and continue meeting folks and uh playing the game yeah man well um thank you again i i, I have to get to get to work but uh, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, uh, for the listeners who need to find me, I'm at twitter.com/freshbudspod. Uh, you can search Fresh and Buds on YouTube for the, uh, um, I guess, semi-visual sometimes um, uh, versions of the podcast, and you can just listen on there as well. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and uh, yeah, um, I'll be getting my Tales of Aria boxes in the mail. Uh, hopefully at the beginning of next week we'll be talking some of that and uh, yeah have a good one see ya